When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of How To Be Sound, the podcast where I, Rosemary McCabe, speak to people that I suspect might be sounder than I am. It's actually a big pool that I'm that I'm choosing from, so I could be speaking to anybody. But on today's episode, I'm speaking to comedian, podcaster, cat owner, and former nine to fiver Garode Farrelly. <laughs> Garode, thank you for being with us. <laughs> my pleasure, my pleasure. I'm I'm just so delighted the cat owner is now a part of uh, part of who I am. <laughs> that, that should be your official new uh, Twitter bio. Um, so this is the first time that we've properly met face to face, right? Yeah. But this is not the first time that I've seen you because A, I sent a creepy photo of you eating lunch with my friend to my friend one day. I was like, I just saw you in the Paris Court Centre having lunch with Grout Farley. But B, um, a couple of years ago, I was, well, you know, when you look back and you're like, I was dating this guy. I wasn't like I kissed him twice and then went on one date with him and was like, we're in love. That's, that's, that's dating. That that's that, yeah. Okay, fair. Good. Uh, so so I was I was dating. I was very serious. I was dating this guy. And I remember he asked me to go on a date with him. And he was like, I have tickets to this comedy magician. Right. Okay. And every single oh. <laughs> fiber, like every single part of my body was like, do not say yes to this, except for obviously my vagina, which was like, yeah, was say like, yes to this. Just say yes to this. Yeah. Come on, just this yeah. once. How bad can it be? <laughs> so, so I think I wrote back and I was like, um, well, where are the seats? Because I felt like that was really important, right? Because I wasn't going to go and sit front row of this comedy magician. But the whole point of the story is you were supporting him right. in, in uh, the Sugar Club. And he was kind of funny and his tricks were kind of interesting. Yes, so like Jack Wise. I remember yes, that. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. And I remember I remember loving you. And also afterwards I remember telling my, telling loads of my friends about you because I think it was a time in my life. So if if anybody went to NUI Galway, you'll probably remember the comedy scene in Galway <laughs> was very um laddie, like very broy. Still is. I'd say so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there were there was comedy, I think it was on in like the was it the red box or the black box or something that oh, was organized by this yeah. one guy and everybody knew him, I think his name was Jerry or something. And it was just real like the lads. And so I had a real I was gonna say I had a real thing against comedy. It was totally justified though. Because like that was the comedy that I'd seen, and I was like, oh, like I don't like, I, you know, male comedians are all kind of dicks. same thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I saw you, and I mean, it didn't make me love comedy, but it did make me kind of go, he's all right, <laughs> just for just for like, oh, maybe they're not, maybe yeah. they should not be put to yeah, death, yeah, yeah, maybe they're grand. Um, how did you get into comedy? And like, I suppose in the process of getting into comedy, did you find that to be true in terms of the scene in Ireland? Oh yeah, totally. I mean, I. <laughs> my problem with comedy and it remains to this day is that I never particularly wanted to do comedy um, it was something I was getting out of something else which was drugs uh, hard yeah, drugs hard, hardcore <laughs> drugs <laughs> um, no I, I, I did a lot of acting and musicals and like the Amdram scene and then I did a, a qualification a, a, a master's in theatre and but I was done like, I mean, I was really done because I was just like, I just want, you know, simple life. Mm-hmm. I'll do my nine to five 
and go to the cinema on Friday evenings. Because <laughs> I was just, to recommend I, it. Yeah, I mean, I've just done so much of this stuff that where you don't get paid and sometimes yeah. the shows are good and sometimes they're utter dog shit. And I was like, nah, done, over. And then I just started to do stand-up by accident. Like I was just doing open mic nights and stuff because I was writing stuff and then I found out this whole scene that you can try out stuff that you're writing. And, and then it all just happened by accident, really. Um, That's like such a... No offense, but like really annoying Irish story. Of course, story. it's an annoying story. And do, I, do you know what I mean? Like, like so many Irish people who have become successful, really like, oh, I don't really mean this. Just happened to me. Like, I, because I mean, Ireland's like that. Like, that, what, that can what, happen. What I would always say is that if I had tried, one hundred percent, I would have failed. Like, if I had tried, and I don't even consider myself as a success story by any stretch of the imagination. Like, we were talking about earnings there a few minutes ago. <laughs> if you want a harsh dose of reality, I'll give you my PIN number and my card, Rosemary. Oh my God, I always think, like, if ever I got mugged, you know, you know, like, a friend of mine got mugged in Drury Street Car Park and was talking about um, how somebody, like, tried to grab her bag. And I'm literally like, what the fuck do you mean try? I'd be like, fucking take it. Take it. Here's my yeah. PIN number. Take it. There's nothing in there. Like, yeah. take everything. Like, literally, this is a phone call to the bank to me. That's what this is. But I mean, I don't even know if I'd bother. At the moment, I think I have 1586 in my account. Like, listen, if you need that 15 euro badly enough to rob my bag, you can have it. Like, Off I'll call them tomorrow. Yeah. It'll be grand. <laughs> But yeah, I really, I really think that if I'd tried and, and had some big strategy in place, because so many, I see it now in a lot of comedians that are coming up, like new guys that are just uh, just doing like 10 minute spots and stuff. And they've got their script and their like big Instagram following and their, mm. all of the stuff that they've, they're like, they're ready to go. Like as soon as they get an agent or they, you know, it's like, this is my sitcom script and this is my idea for, uh, you know, a pilot and this is and you're yeah. like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I, I mean, I wasn't like that. I would write 10 minutes of jokes, go do them. I go, oh, that sort of works. I'll write another 10, <laughs> you know. And like, what was it like starting out then? Not, I, I suppose not I mean starting out, but like in your early days of kind of getting into quote unquote the scene. Because obviously there are people who had been doing it for years and who also had a plan. Like I know um, I had Joanne McNally on the show oh, yeah, a couple yeah, of months ago. I love her so much. And she, she kind of similarly was like, I didn't really mean to get into comedy, but I did singlehood. And then, you know, one thing kind of led to another. But she very much now, I think, I don't think she'd mind me saying this, is someone who has a plan. You know what I mean? And now she's in London oh, yeah, and she's, she's trying to... very driven. Yeah, trying to break the UK and like, like yeah. very much trying to put herself out there. But what was it like for you if that wasn't necessarily your mindset? Do you know what I mean? Um, for me, it was just, I kept missing. I, I, I felt that as opportunities were coming my way, I was kind of missing them. You know, like I never, I never asked for a gig when I was starting. Like I see, I see comedians now, they're like, you know, I want, I want to be, do a weekend the Laughter Lounge. And I was just like, now nah, you're grand. I, mm-hmm. I asked the Laughter Lounge once and they said, well, when you're, in, when you're headlining the international, come back. And I was like, okay, so I'll go ahead and do that and then come back in six months. Whereas I think people are really on it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, like I suppose I was, I got to the finalist, so you think you're funny. And Oh my God, that sounds like my worst nightmare. Oh Yeah. It, it, I mean, it totally was. It was like heats and heats and heats. And, and I was doing them and I was just saying to my parents, like, I'm doing this comedy competition. And, uh, yeah. was know, this- there was no, there was, there was nothing interesting about it for me. Like, and when I go, to, when I was at the final, all of these 10 finalists, because it's a UK and Ireland competition. And was it, was it on TV? Was it? No, no, no. Okay, it, okay. it was just, it's, a, it's run it's at the Edinburgh a competition. Festival. Okay, okay, okay. And everyone was there, like they were all signed up to agents and they were, and I was like, oh, should I have, oh, I should have done that. And like, I just, ha- I was so green because I knew nothing about the scene, really. Yeah. I'd just been somebody that went to comedy. So I think I had to cop on a little bit because I, I was missing opportunities and things like that. Yeah. Um, but the, yeah, the scene is, it's a bit, it's very strange. 
Like, I think it's very strange for somebody to come into it. I think the way that people do best is if they become, like, a comedy hanger-on for a little while. Like, they know a load of comedians. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm oh, going to try stand-up at some point. And, and then they know how it works and they know the whole thing. And then they start to do open spots and go, okay, well, this is the way it works now. Yeah, so they're kind of in with people. And, you know, one of your mates might say, here, will you come and support me for five minutes of the show? Kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah Whereas yeah, yeah. Back, back in the day, I was just, I didn't know comedians and I, I didn't hang out with them. I just showed up, did my spot, left. I wasn't, I wasn't part of the scene. I'm, to be honest, I'm still not. I was just about to ask that. outsider, Rosemary. Are you friends with them? I used to work on the student newspaper in Galway and I remember interviewing, because there was a com- there was there's a comedy festival in Galway, isn't there? Yeah. And I think I interviewed now, I can never remember who it was. Was it... Or was it... Somebody? Or was it... Disclaimer, it could have been anyone. And uh, I interviewed him for the college paper and I was like 19. I don't think I'd ever done an interview before I interviewed him over the phone. And I asked him to tell me his best joke. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, like, he wasn't loving me before that. I mean, I'm sure I was asking really boring questions like, what's it like coming to Galway? What's it like traveling around? What's your best gig? Like, what's the Irish audience like? You know, I was just asking the most mundane questions. But when it got to the end and I said, tell me your favorite joke, he went, are you fucking kidding? (laughs) And I was like, what? And and I think he told me to fuck off. And I was so embarrassed. But I still, I still published it, but I didn't, uh, I think I left that bit out. Did you? You're just so generous. Well, no. So generous. Just, you would have hung him over the coals these days. Well, that's what I was about to say. Like, if that happened to me now, I'd be like, and then he said. And then, and this is a picture of him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and this is a picture of me afterwards. I'd have, I'd have the whole recording. As, as a comedian, are all your stories true? When no, you tell stories on stage? Not. Oh. Like, that is the great, like that, that is the great fallacy about comedy is that. It's like, all from your life because I think we all it, kind yeah, of assume that. Well, it is. It looks like it's from your life. Yeah, yeah. And usually, what happens is it's a little nugget. Yeah, that yeah, you then yeah. Extrapolate into something. So, but I, I have this thing where I'm just really private about all that stuff. But my material always looks really personal. Oh yeah, yeah, it does. Because I <laughs> Whereas, mean, so I mean, a lot of it. Some of it's invented, but then some of it is just there's a little nugget of truth. Yeah, but then there's I just a moment. The person and I change the, which is really weird because then some people think they know. Who it is. My family. And oh, they, yeah, you yeah, know. yeah. And then sometimes my mom has, on more than one occasion, come to a gig and been like, that's not the way that happened. <laughs> like, just <laughs> shut up. <laughs> you got a free ticket, just get another glass of wine. <laughs> what, what did your career look like then? Because, so you said that you don't necessarily consider that you've quote unquote made it. You know what I mean? Oh, no, I don't. Not at all. As like, in... I think, I think I, like the, oh, <laughs> the closest merit badge that I would have to make in it is I would say I'm probably the best support act in the country <laughs> which is the way I describe myself it's like literally you're not going to get a better support act <laughs> if you need someone to rip it for a half an hour in front of you and go on cold I'm your man <laughs> but um, no I mean I, I still think I have quite a way to go I think in finding an audience but I think I think that that's very much with that's who I am as well. Like, I think I'm, I think I'm quite difficult to define a little bit. I think even mm. people that know me as a person. Like, I, I, I think that, I was thinking about this on the way over because I knew you'd have a really big question about this sort of stuff. <laughs> it's like, who are you, Geroad? I, I think that being a comedian doesn't occupy as much space with me as it does with somebody like Joanne or Neil Delamere or Alison or something like that. And I don't know why that is. But I, I mean, definitely even in my relationship, I'd say we've had two conversations about comedy you know, in the eight years that we're together. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, he hates comedy. I'm, I come home and it's like, how's work, Grant? <laughs> you know, whereas I know other couples where they would talk about it for hours. You know, the partner would come to the gigs, be at the gigs. Whereas my other half, 
you know, I think he's been to like maybe five, <laughs> you know, and he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I see. People seem to like you. Yeah. I think, I think that's nice, though, because like, so, uh, so I'm currently kind of date, dating, quote unquote dating. And there's okay. nothing more boring more. on a date than somebody than talking about work. Oh, completely. Yeah, and, like, like, and, and maybe, it really is work for me. Like, Yeah, well, that's kind of what I was going to say. Like, maybe it would be different if I was like, oh, I'm doing this really vocational. Because what it sounds like to me is that you don't consider yourself a comedian first and foremost. That you're not like, I 100% identify with like, I am a comedian as a person. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. And I think maybe that could be the case. Because I found that an awful lot. Even when people say, so what is it that you do? I had this weird thing happen at a wedding recently. We were at a wedding in uh, West Cork and I was sitting beside this guy who was all chat for ages, like for easily a half an hour, somebody I'd never met before. And uh, he was talking about some IT project and I I had previously worked in IT and I was just like, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I used that before. And, you know, we're having this big, you know, thing. And then someone came over and I was just like, oh my God, you're a comedian. Um, and then was all chat about comedy. And then he literally, as soon as she went away, he went, you said you worked in IT. I was like, no, I didn't. I said I, I, said I had like yeah, worked yeah. on that thing. I previously worked in IT and he did not speak to me for the rest of the wedding. And he sat next to me. <laughs> I was just what? like, what? <laughs> that is really weird. <laughs> you know, um, but I don't know. Like, I think people just have a what weird reaction. What was he reaction. so offended by? I don't know. I, I think like, some people think that they're fascinating. They're like, he is going to literally the whole IT story now. I'm going to see that on television. Oh, <laughs> that's going to happen to me. Yeah, I'm yeah, fascinated. Yeah. Do you ever get the paranoia that, like, if you tell someone you're a comedian, they're like, oh, you haven't been that funny yet? Oh, completely. You know I mean? Yeah, yeah. And that's why, I, like, a lot of the time I just say, yeah, I'm a librarian. Yeah. Do you? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I always say that to taxi men who work in the library. <laughs> well, I can actually imagine, though, like, taxi men, because I worked as a journalist for a while. Then I was kind of a full-time social influencer slash blogger. Now I kind of call myself a writer. But like any time I've told a taxi driver what I actually do. Nightmare. I know, yeah, yeah. Nightmare. It's just like, yeah, like, you have to justify it. And then the problem is, though, that you have to then start justifying it to yourself. Because you're kind of going, you're right, I haven't been funny since we got into this car. I'm like, can he bring me to a gig? And then you really start to question yourself, what am I doing? But um, yeah, I, I just think a librarian, I just think there's, there's a low expectation for humour on a librarian. That's true. That's true. And, and I suppose like as well, if I met a librarian, oh my God, I'm so boring. I would literally be like, you know what I read recently? You know, yeah. it was great. Like, like I would. And I would find that really interesting from the point of view of going, you know, it's a good book now. Have you read this book? But like. Like, it's so funny. We're all so, like, simplistic. We're like, I'll talk to you about the one thing I know about you now. I know, yeah, exactly. Whereas, uh, whereas I'm just like, what happened to my right to a quiet journey? <laughs> the idea as well that you would use people's lives as material is something that I get a lot. Kind of when I was a journalist, as a social influencer, friends of mine, especially actually when I worked in the Irish Times, I remember friends of mine, almost every story they would tell me for about three years, they would go, don't write about this. I know, yeah. And I'd be like... That's the fucking most boring exactly, pedestrian story exactly. I've ever heard. <laughs> but also, it complete you completely it, it dismisses your ability to create something. Like it's completely you're like actually I don't I don't need to like you know that story I have about you know falling off a ski slope. Like have you ever known me to have a broken leg? No, because <laughs> I didn't go skiing ever. It's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> it's a but, lie. Uh, yeah, all of it's tissue lies. Oh my god, so funny. Um, although, in my friend's defence, I do think that was because we had gone for a meal one time with a friend of mine from the Irish Times who was a columnist and one of my friends had t- 
told her that she couldn't have sex with her husband for the whole month of November because his moustache reminded her of her dad. And then in the next column was this story about... No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no. And her husband husband read it first and was like, what the fuck? Because he knew that she'd been out for dinner and he was like, you were literally talking about our sex life. And like, it was true. As in, like, she was literally like, not going near him for the whole month. No, no. Oh, my God. Yeah. It was actually so amazing. I don't think I've ever... The only thing I've ever had was like my... Family have always been quite good about it. The only thing that I had was I did a TV spot where I was talking about Irish names because we all have Irish names and I, I listed our names and it was one of those things where I, like it was recorded like almost a year before it actually went on telly. So when it did go out, I had absolutely no idea what it said. What I couldn't said, remember yeah, what yeah, the yeah. set was at all. And then I remember there was like a close-up scene where I was saying all of the names of my brothers and sisters and I was like, Oh, oh no. <laughs> and then sure enough, my mom was like, uh, don't use the names. It's just, it's too identifiable. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I get it, I get it. I get it. And did your brothers and sisters mind? No, I don't think so. I don't think they really care. But I, I, I just think it's really, even when I saw it, I was like, oh God, oh, that's mm. too personal. No. And that was kind of my, that was my harsh lesson. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever read any David Sedaris? No, I haven't. Actually. Oh well, well, he's brilliant. He's this comic writer, I guess. Like, like the essayist. short stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I love Amy um, Sedaris. Yeah, that's his sister. Yeah, um, and, and she has a really hilarious book about uh, home entertaining. Yes, because she ran a bakery out of her apartment yeah, and stuff. Like, yeah, she's, I mean, they all seem yeah, batshit. Cool. Like, yeah, absolutely bananas. They're like only in America. But I went to see him at the National Concert Hall, and somebody in the audience asked him. Maybe it was me. I don't think it was. Maybe it was. Uh, I, I do like asking questions of these things. And, and, but I was like, while simultaneously hating people who ask questions in q and I know. Because I'm like, those assholes. And then all of a sudden my hand's up and I'm like, what am I doing? Yeah. But I really hate when people use Q&As as an excuse to tell you how, how much they know. You yeah, know so they'll be yeah. like, I was reading this like 360 page essay in the New York Times and it suggested that comedy is actually a form of, and then they go on to their question like, shut up. But he was talking about basically somebody, may have been me, asked him what his family thought or like what their reaction or did he run things by them before he wrote them? Okay. And he basically said no and was like, no, just like, you know, they know that they'll get written about yeah, kind of thing. But I mean, like he writes really like there's loads of stories that he's written about like. I can't even think of them now, but like after his, maybe after his mum or his, I think it was his dad, after his dad died and the family all got together and they were all grieving and they all had a big fight over some house or something. And he writes these really, wow, where you're like, my sib, I only have one sibling, but she would murder me. But does David Starris go to Sunday dinner with his family every week? Because well, he lives, see, I do. Yeah. <laughs> and I really like that dinner. <laughs> yeah. So and like, I'm not, I'm not going to jeopardise it because it's the best meal I eat all week. He lives in Paris and they live in America so that might help. Of course he does. Maybe he hasn't been welcome back in a while. Of course he lives in Paris. And I listened to a podcast with his sister and she is clearly his biggest fan. Oh, yeah. that's nice. I mean, she absolutely, and she just keeps talking about it. Well, when I did this, when I did this play with David... And they never say David Sedaris, but they just keep saying David. Like, oh. She has a really hilarious thing in her book where she's like, if you're bringing people, if you're having people over for dinner, put marbles in your bathroom cabinet so that when they open it to have a nosy, all the marbles will fall out. Oh my God, that's that amazing. amazing. I know. That is simultaneously amazing and terrifying. And evil, I it's so good. I look in everybody's bathroom cabinet. I'm like, oh, what have you got in here? Imagine, imagine if you opened it up and it's fucking full of marbles. <laughs> like, you'd have a that's heart genius. attack. That is genius. You've sold me. Do you really always look in everyone's bathroom cabinet? Totally. Have you ever been caught? No. What's the worst thing you've ever been caught doing in someone else's house? Ooh, what's the worst? I've, I've never been caught doing anything, I don't think. I've never been in trouble. 
Have you ever blocked um, a toilet or anything? I'm trying to think I've of like embarrassing. In someone else's house. I'm trying to think of like embarrassing no, I've, things that I've might certainly, happen I've done a few. I've definitely had to, you know, had to flush once or twice. Oh yeah, well uh, listen, I mean, haven't look, we all? We're all human. <laughs> um, what, the most interesting thing I found in uh, somebody's bathroom cabinet was one of those electrical things for like cleansing your pores. Are you like, sure it wasn't a vibrator? No, I was. I, I, that's that's what I thought it was, and I was oh, just about to take a photograph. So hang on, are you like, talking no. about like? Are you talking about like a Clary Sonic? Was it, was it like called? a brush? It, no, it, it brush? was. It, no, it was like a little thing with uh, like a, an electric plunger thing that I presume it's for like for blackheads or something. And I was going to New York the two weeks later, and I was over there, and they saw them. I was like, I'm going to buy one, and it, I have it maybe seven years, and I've never ever used it. What? But I just saw it. and I was like, would you not have even used it once? No. Do you watch? Well, it's got the, the, it's got the American plug on it and everything. And oh, like, do you watch that? Well, um, I have an adapter I can give you. Do you, do you watch the blackout videos on YouTube? Oh no! Oh, so this is lost on, just wasted on you. No. I love those it's completely videos so wasted, much. But it took, I had to Google because like, what is this? This is amazing. Like, because I just didn't know what it was, and then I realized I was like, oh, incredible. Yeah, see, and she has incredible skin. To be fair, my oh, friends. See, that have it. I feel like this is awful now. And I hope. Well, actually, none of my friends do listen to my podcast, assholes. But if Why I was is ever that Rosemary. If it, Why, we need to have a because none of my friends listen to my podcast <laughs> if I was in someone else's house and I found that I think I would try it that's what I was going to say so I was like I hope my friends will listen to this and I was like they don't listen to it anyway so so it's like, well, like those blotches yeah. you're like are you in the bathroom cabinet like, no, no I think absolutely I'm just getting not. No, I think I've got to go. measles <laughs> yeah, yeah I have to go home why, why do none of my friends listen to my podcast I was actually talking to somebody about this yesterday that very few of my friends have signed up to my Patreon right Oh, and, and and my Patreon started out as being tied to the podcast and was kind of like, if you want to support me. But now it's more, it's basically a quote unquote safe space where I can write all the shit I want to write and only people who seem to kind of like me can read it. Oh, wow. Because I used to write stuff on my site and then I'd get like people on boards going, oh my God, did anyone read this? Stay to Rosemary McCabe. Can you believe she said this? Oh, I can't, and oh, and no, I just I was so like, I, I found it that. really off. Well, I used to find it fine and be like, these people are talking about me. And then as I got older, I got like, I think it just no. wore away at me. After I, a while. I cannot put anything out there anymore without like the fear. The fear, yeah. yeah. Like the idea of writing blogs or anything like that. Or even even in my podcast, I'm like, yeah, just keep this a little far away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> whereas, whereas on Patreon, I think because I know that people are paying for it, I feel like, well, they probably... They're on board. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Like, even if they don't love me, they're interested in hearing what I have to say. But they're definitely, they don't hate me because people who hate me aren't giving me any money. Do you okay, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's a fair point. Like, like it means that I can basically be, it's probably not a great idea, but I can be as confessional as I want to be. And, okay. and like, I write a lot of personal essays. It sounds like you're mobilizing, like you're mobilizing an army. <laughs> it's got your own group of people and we're just going to get bigger and then we're going to take over the world. Well, there's not that many, to be fair. But I was thinking about this yesterday and going like, how come none of my mates, like who used to read my blog and who used to message me and be like, Oh, like, I really love reading your, you know, like, just nice kind of going, oh, I read your blog post today, it's really good. Like, I really love reading your stuff. It's great. Just yeah, nice. Yeah. None of but them have signed stopped. up. It's only a dollar. No, get rid of and that. And I find get it really rid. weird. But I don't <laughs> think, I don't think any of them listen to my podcast either. And sometimes I'll be like, uh, can you recommend any good podcasts to listen I know, yeah. To? I get, yeah, that, that's oh, one of the things. Like, no, you know what? Forget it. I've listened to my one. Oh, no. <laughs> Does your family listen to yours? No. No, I don't think oh. so. No, not at all. Does anybody who loves you listen to it? Um, I don't. No, you see, my podcast is very specific. Okay, so, so 
Tell us about your podcast. Well, Now's the moment. I mean, but but actually, before we move on from comedy, would like is comedy your full time job now, or like? Yeah, yeah, it's been my full time job now for four years. So that's your money maker, basically. Yeah, that's yeah. where I make all my money. That's your <laughs> all my money. Oh, I love that. I love that. That's the way I phrased it. That's where I live. <laughs> the mortgage comes from comedy. That's all I can say. But yeah, it is my full time job, and like I definitely, I I, I always have to remember that because that I'm in a really privileged position in that I can make. A living from yeah. comedy, you know, but I'm at the point now where a tour has ended and I'm just about to write the next one. Like, so I've got a few of my own dates left, but uh, I was on tour with Neil Delamar, which is my, essentially that's my job, <laughs> you know, so it's, um, that's where I make a good, a good bit of the money that I need for the year. And that's just finished. And that is always the point when I'm like, I'm done, finished. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states united healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs coming off their parents plan or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig underwritten by golden rule insurance company they offer flexible budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals get more cool facts about united healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com game over I'm not, yeah, yeah. nothing more to say but like and, and then in a couple of weeks time i'll get get all of the ideas i have for the next show and sit down and go oh yeah there is a show here there is there yeah. is but this is the, this point now between now and you know cat laughs is always the point where i'm like I think I've said all I, that's it. I don't think I have anything else, nothing left in the well. So, but yeah, I mean, it's it just, it's the cycle of the year really because at the start of the year, you're in the middle of a tour and at the end of the year, you're just, you're getting one ready. Yeah. So the summer is always like, I'm not sure I'm ever going to do this again. What am I going to do with my life? And then you go, actually, no, there's an hour here, right, book it. <laughs> Off we and go again. Do you do, you do many um, corporate gigs? I always feel like they yeah. must be a bit of a comedy nightmare. Like, they are. Like, depending they, on the audience, I guess, as well, obviously. Yeah, I mean, you have to really... That's the one thing I think for being a support act, because you know what a support act is like. Nobody has ever gone and said, oh, I'm really looking forward to the support act. <laughs> oh, great. It's somebody I've never heard of. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, but I, I've been doing that now for so long that I know how to go on cold and then make it work really, really quickly. Yeah. So it's, it's just the same scale for corporates, because with a corporate gig, I mean, you've done that. You've done those event things where you, you go up and talk on panels and stuff. And it's just, you know, you are as entertaining as the cheesecake that's been passed around. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so you're yeah, like, yeah. you're fighting with, you know, a blueberry cheesecake. Yeah. That's, that's the battle. But I've done, yeah, I've done, I do them quite a bit and most of the time they're grand, but every, but the ones that are horrific, they're the ones that I kind of love as well. <laughs> like, because they're the ones that you come away from and going, oh my God, 800 people in like close proximity to each other absolutely despise me. <laughs> like, there's so much hatred that you actually feel like, you know what? I earned good money here. <laughs> I'm stopping off here. I'm getting a pizza. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I mean, I can kind of see that, that you're like, that was worth the paycheck because that was yeah, like, a oh, bit of a nightmare. That's the like, thing about lol. those things is that they are, you're not overpriced 
You yeah, know, yeah, you yeah. go in feeling overpriced and you come out feeling like you feeling are. Cheap. Yeah, absolutely. You have sold yourself. <laughs> like, cheap you like literally, I'm one step from like allowing people to put cigarettes out on me. Like, that's, they're, they're horrendous. I put a cigarette out on someone once and he let me. And it was awful. I was what? Re- I was really, really drunk. And this guy, he was, I was, you know, he was really annoying me. And I was like, if you don't stop, I'm going to put the cigarette out in your hand. And he went, go on, do it. And I did. And he just stood there and let me. Like, I put out the whole cigarette in his hand. Oh. Until it was extinguished. Like, that's horrific. Maybe I should take this out. Yeah, but maybe. <laughs> that doesn't make me sound great. But like, I was really drunk and he was kind of hassling me. It was a guy I knew from school who was just kind of like, hey, like, what are you doing now? Where are you going now? Can I come with you? And I was like, if you just don't get out of my face. I'm going to put a cigarette in your hand. He was like, yeah, cool. Yeah. Oh my he God. really wanted, that's how much he wanted me. <laughs> <laughs> and reader, I married him. And <laughs> <laughs> tell me tell me how and why you started your podcast then. Seeing well, as we were moving on to the podcast. Uh, my podcast, God, I started my podcast because I had done... Actually, I'll tell you why I started my podcast. It's because I had done loads of telly, like in around 2012. That was utter dog shit. <laughs> that was absolutely appalling. Uh, and I had done a TV... I did Craig Doyle's TV show, which was the worst thing that has happened to Irish television. Like, <laughs> and I can only apologise to everybody twice a week that watched it. It was, and I think I did 10 episodes, and on episodes two, I was like, how do I get out of this? <laughs> did you ever see, um, last year or the year before, somebody set up like, basically an anonymous RTE insider Twitter account yes, that everybody yes. was like salivate was so thirsty and they said something that like basically somebody in RTE had decided that Craig Doyle was going to be a star and yeah, they put oh, him yeah, on yeah. show after show after yeah. show because they were like this isn't working put him on another one this isn't working put him on yeah. another one and I, well, I remember when I was asked to do that show <laughs> I was I went for a meeting and they were saying like this this TV show that's on it was like it was one of those TV shows where it was like social media is a thing so we're going to take... I mean, uh, that could be like, any RTE show, to be say, honest. Like, social, me- social media is a thing. And, and this has just come in on Twitter, but it'll be on a card. Like, it's like, <laughs> get on a fucking iPad. Like, what? <laughs> but it was, like, it was really awful. And they said that they were going to, uh, they were revamping it for after Christmas and they were looking for panellists. And I was like, not for me. Thank you very much. <laughs> and, uh, but anyway, in the end, I did end up doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I love how Which you're like, really, no, definitely not. And then like, oh, fine. Not, back to not having a strategy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I ended up doing it anyway. And I think I did, I did 10 of them. And it was so haphazard and terrifying. And it was live. It was live. Like, who the fuck makes a live panel show? Like, that is the stupidest thing in the world. But anyway, we, I did it. But, and afterwards... <laughs> Afterwards, I was I was talking to my agent. And they were like, "Well, you know, this would be, this would be a real appetite now for you to do your own show." And I was like, "Really? <laughs> I'm not feeling the appetite." Like, <laughs> I had someone come up to me after cat laughs, going, "Oh my god, you're a good comedian because you were terrible on that show." And I was like, "Amazing, wonderful, all the right choices." But um, so <laughs> my my only my only idea that I had for a TV show at the time was that I would was kind of like a where they name thing because I just. I just am the biggest pop fan ever and I spent the 90s with my head in smash hits. And so I started to write up a pitch for this and I thought, this is just going to be end up as bad as that thing I've just done. And I was like, no, I'm not doing that. So I just started to make a podcast 
And uh, it's my favourite thing that I do. Like, so I just go find these people that I was fascinated by when I was a teenager. So it's people from The Honeys and uh, Pow and Shakespeare's Sister and all those bands. And I just try and track them down, interview them and basically insert myself into their lives. <laughs> I just listened to the one with um, Daphne and Celeste. Like, oh my God. But like Daphne and Celeste, who, about whom I had entirely forgotten. Oh, absolutely. And they're my favourite. The ones like where... Like they were it's like, gas. It's like yeah. a one-hit wonder. Oh, well, I'm two. all over a one-hit wonder. Yeah, I know. Two but also, it's a little bit depressing when you're, you eventually track these people down and they're like, nah. And you're like, oh, come on. It's taken like a year to find you, please. Like, but so many of them are just like, Like no. who? Oh, God. I want me. to know. Have, I, you, have you ever tracked down on? anybody from Cleopatra? Uh, no, well, they're on Twitter. Cleopatra oh. Higgins is on Twitter and oh, I, I did send her a Twitter and she was like, no. But the the one that I really, really wanted was Shampoo. Do you remember Oh, the yeah, yeah, pump? yeah. Oh my God, I absolutely love Shampoo. And I did track down one of the two members of Shampoo and it took me ages and ages and ages. And she has definitively now said, no, she's not doing it. You say that, like, how many times does she have to say no to your growth? Grocery! <laughs> That's my own business. <laughs> I, it's called persistence. <laughs> uh, the other one is, uh, was one of the Reynolds girls. Do you remember the Reynolds girls? No. Oh, amazing story. Stock Aiken and Waterman didn't win an Arvin Avello one year, right? Award, a songwriting award. Right. And they were furious. So they put together this pop duo of two girls from Liverpool. And they wrote a song basically fucking off the entire music industry. Like about, you know... And it, but it got to like number eight in the charts and huh. it became a hit. But they were so damaged from the whole thing that the two girls just literally disappeared and have never been heard of since. There was rumours one of them had died. Yeah, there was rumours one was dead. There was rumours the other one was gone missing. It was like, but literally nobody could find them. And in 2012, there was this big Stock Aiken and Waterman concert in Hyde Park. And they were trying, there was a whole like national campaign to find the Reynolds girls. And nobody could find them. But I found one. <laughs> I did she turned you one. down. She hasn't turned me down yet. Ooh. But she is, hasn't also read the mail. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so there's always, okay, so a, as of this morning, she hasn't read the email. We're cautiously optimistic. <laughs> we're cautiously optimistic, but not, you know. And who, who has been your favourite interview so far for your podcast? Oh my God, my favourite. Well. Or has there been anybody that you were like, because you know, even though people are, not necessarily. So, like, we're not talking about celebrities like Madonna, right? Yeah, yeah. But I am the biggest, like, it's lucky I never see celebrities because I'm the biggest star fucker ever. Like, I, oh, yeah. I cannot be in the same room as a celebrity without staring at them for the entire time. I completely, like, you know, you know, sometimes people are like, like, who would go, who would get into a car with him? I'm literally like, I would go, like, I would 100%. walk across burning coals if somebody who'd Abs- been on BBC told me to, like, exactly. I am pathetic. Yeah. Like, is there anybody that you met that you were, like, really nervous about or really kind of starstruck? The bit, the, the one that for me was the big one was the twins from Neighbours, uh, the identical <laughs> twins from Neighbours, because I was mad about them. Like, Obsessed with them, completely obsessed. And they, another singles got released in Ireland because they all bond, like they, they all got to like number 75. And I harassed a woman in BMG Records. Like I would definitely, she would have called the guards if it was today. <laughs> but I was a teenager and I just used to ring every day until eventually I got all of the singles. And I met her, I interviewed her down the line. Uh, and then I met her when I was in Los Angeles because, and she, I was just... Oh, starstruck. She was incredible. Like, she looks exactly the same. Uh, so that one was, that one was really special. And then also, the other one was Naomi Coleman. 
an Irish singer-songwriter who I was obsessed with, like absolutely obsessed with when I was in school. Because she, she was a teenager herself so, mm. and she wrote this album that was really like, nobody understands me. And okay, yeah, yeah, I was yeah. like, Naomi Cohen is literally the only person in the world that understands me. <laughs> and I, when I interviewed her then, and we've become great mates since, but I still, every so often go, oh my God, that's Naomi Cohen. Like recently we, we went for coffee and um, I was like, so did you record any other songs? Uh, <laughs> and she gave me like a CD of like the unmastered version of the of her first album that had like, oh, a completely hilarious. different version of some of the stuff. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, oh my God. What age are you? What age am I? Yeah. Oh my God, I'm 40. So do you remember the mini pops? Yes. Because I would love to hear where they are now. I, <laughs> There's a project I know. for you. I suspect it's not good. I suspect no. it's not good. Like, but do you remember um, there was an Irish guy that got into the mini pops? And they had him on no. the late, late and everything. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. He was in around like 1988, 89. I just remember my sister being obsessed because I was kind of too young. So I was born in 85. So I was kind of like young, like yeah. I was, I was sentient while <laughs> she was listening to the mini pops, but I wasn't really clued. And she just was like, wanted to go on audition for the mini pops, wanted to be in the mini pops, wanted to go to London, oh wanted God. to know who, who she could write to, to be in the mini pops. Because my sister's a great singer. Yeah. She, she, She's not a great dancer and like as a child she wasn't a looker. So I don't think she really had a chance. No, she's beautiful now, but like she'd say that herself. <laughs> she's beautiful now, but it was she's, a journey. But listen, she went on a journey. Listen, any of us who were children in the 80s, look at the photos now, oh, we all awful. look like potatoes. You know like what? we're terrible looking. I actually, when I, <laughs> I was only talking about this recently. When I was, I'd say, late primary, early secondary school, I just never used to brush my hair. Like, I think that my parents at the time thought were like, he's just gone through something. It's just like, it. <laughs> he's just, you know, he's a bit of an emo. Or <laughs> but I just didn't brush my hair. And all the photographs are like, horrendous. And I'm like, would nobody have said, run a brush <laughs> through your hair before you go to school? But I looked absolutely ridiculous. Like, I mean, I wasn't one of those kids that didn't wash. Like, I, I would have a shower. But like, <laughs> I, you know, those disgusting little pigs. I, like, I would wash and have a shower, but it's just, it would, I would tail dry my hair and then I would just not. You would leave it. But, and I genuinely think that everyone thought, oh, it's a fashion statement, he's a bit of a punk. <laughs> Whereas I had exactly the opposite problem in that my mother would brush my hair, but having curly hair, that was, that was a disaster. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So I just looked like a little puffy cloud. But also, like, when you look at photos from the 80s, we're all wearing shades of nature. Do you know what I mean? I so you, like, we're like sitting in front of the brown fireplace wearing brown corduroy and a green. We all look just like little, I my don't know. We're like, we're like right just, into the West. Oh my God, I've got this like little velvet navy jacket. It's just the most ridiculous That's thing cute in the world. Though. That no, cute. it wasn't. It wasn't. It was no. awful. And I don't forgive anyone for them. But <laughs> for yeah, sorry. Photos. Mini pops. So Mini pops. I'd love to know about how many of those, those have died of drug overdoses. I and know. I'd say there's a whole... Landis <laughs> that's just staffed <laughs> by mini pops. <laughs> There's a petrol station on the M62 and it's just literally that's the mini pops mini pop service station. Oh god. And then um I'd also like to know tattoo. Tattoo. They because were there were loads of rumors. Yeah. Because didn't they first come out and they were like they're gay. But then it turned out pretty they soon that they weren't gay. They weren't gay. That it was just like it for was the just song. Like a thing and it was just for the video. Yeah. Yeah, that would be very interesting. And didn't one of them... Marry some really old guy or something? Yeah, and then there was one of them that had like a miscarriage, I think, before the Eurovision and still do the Eurovision. I think that there was so much that went on with pop bands back in the day. And I did interview somebody who, I remember when the mics were off, just as she was leaving, and this would have been before all the Me Too stuff had started, where she said, like very, I felt wistfully, (laughs) just kind of like, 
God, there was just so much that went on. I wonder will it ever all come out? And I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> and I just didn't know what to do with it. But, yeah, uh, yeah. And, she's, and she's like, bye. <laughs> um, but I just, I do get the impression, like they were treated so badly, all of those pop acts. And I interviewed a girl yeah. from Eternal and they, like they killed each other and the management kept them separate. And oh God, it's just awful. Like Eternal, really awful. Eternal was the one that um, Louise Redknapp was in, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, yeah. I read an interview with her recently where she... It wasn't very, you shouldn't say very much about it, but there were maybe one or two lines where you're like, oh, they didn't have a good time. No, they definitely didn't. Like, they really didn't. And I, I, there was another band, The Honeys as well. And I just interviewed the lead singer for the next season of Fascinated because I'd interviewed somebody else that had replaced someone. And she was really damaged by it. Like, you know, she uh, the, the week before I interviewed her, she was saying, oh God, I passed the management office uh, during the week. And I just... Before I knew it, I'd been standing there staring at it for 10 minutes. Like, and oh. they were, like, she really, go, like, this is a bit of a teaser. <laughs> she really goes into it, like, yeah. as to all the stuff they went through. Like, and it's horrific. Like, really just dreadful stuff. Like, but, uh, but they're great songs is the point I'm trying to make. <laughs> I can't think of any Honey songs, but I know they had a Z in Finally their name. Found what I've been looking for. Oh, yeah. Oh, they were brilliant. God. I'd like to know about the men from... What was the Irish band that won the first Irish pop stars? And do you remember their their song was number one for ages? It was the most annoying song in the world. Six. Yes. Yes. The There's men a whole lot from of loving. Six. I'd yeah. like to know what the men from Six are doing. Yeah, one of them's a banker, I think. One of them's a banker. Another one went into television production, and um, and then the third one is Louis Welch's assistant. I feel like you do well at a table quiz with very specific <laughs> I know, yeah, with very, very specific questions. <laughs> I used to go, I used to go to a table quiz with our neighbours because my best friend Kev, his his whole family were like pub quiz champions oh. and his mother was an absolute, like she ran that thing really tightly. She ran a tight ship with regard to a pub quiz team uh, and I remember literally sometimes I would be invited just because someone pulled out Mm-hmm. But it was literally like, just sit there. We know all the answers. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. literally, you're here to make up numbers. And if it's a Eurovision question, that's your time to shine, princess. <laughs> <laughs> I I consider myself like relatively intelligent and well-read. I am shit at oh, table quizzes. Yeah. However, where I truly shine and I get genuinely offended when this is not included in table quizzes, lyrics rants. I hate when they don't yeah, have a lyrics rant. You're right. Yeah, I like, love a lyrics only rant. Fair. I'm very good at the lyrics I'm rants. I'm very good at picking the name. The name of the song? No, mean? the name of the, the, oh, the, name of the team. team. Oh, right. Yeah. Although the one I got, thing I got, you don't get any points I got for, really like, upset done. recently when we uh, we went to a pub quiz because my other half is like mad about pub quizzes. So we tend to do quite a few of them. And we did go to one and there was another quiz team at Avagirlera and I was pretty annoyed. <laughs> I think I've been, at a, I've been at a pub quiz where we called ourselves quiz team I thought team that was Aguilera. brilliant. It is clever, but it wasn't mine. And I thought I made it up, but it's one of those things you're like, no, you didn't. It's probably just out there in the ether. Yeah, yeah, it's out there somewhere. Yeah, I I can never. I mean, I can never think of it. And I also don't care. I'm I'm just the real curmudgeon in the corner. I'm like, just roll on the lyrics around. I don't care about the team name. Yeah, I know. I tend to just sit there and get drunk because I'm just not. <laughs> I'm not a quiz team person. <laughs> I went to one recently in the back page, and it was right after Keith Flint had died, and oh. it was in honor of him. It was like space themed, or something. Which that's what he'd want. Which, yes, <laughs> that's, that's it, what it's he'd possibly want. what he'd want. And and I really like sci-fi. So I thought like in the sci-fi movie round, no, the, the sci-fi movie round was like, guess these movies. And they had weird photographs. Like one was of an ice skate and one was of like an Olympian. And that was Blade Runner. And that was the easiest one. 
Oh God. It was the only one I got. And the rest oh. of them were just so complex. I have to say, I'm not a sci-fi fan and I w- it, my relationship would be a lot easier if I was. Because my other half is big sci-fi fan. Whereas I'm more of a, I like thrillers. You know, there's a stalker, somebody gets shot. Like yeah, recently okay. on Netflix, this <laughs> this happened recently, <laughs> where we were flicking through and there was, the you know, the, like the short couple of lines they, they have about movies. Yeah. And it was like, the president's daughter gets shot and a former Marine has to come out of retirement to get her back. Uh, and a whole battle <laughs> ensues. And I was like, this is right up my alley. And then the last two words were in space. And I was like, <laughs> nah, <laughs> done. But surely that would be the perfect film for the two of no, you. No, no, I beat others. So I was like, no, no, no. I'm not I'm not doing half sci-fi. If I'm giving you, if I'm giving, getting like sci-fi brownie points. You're getting all the brownie points. Okay, I get you, I get you. Points, but don't, don't like, compromise on this okay so if you're watching sci-fi you're fully marshalling yeah yourself. I'm like okay it's fully yeah, yeah, yeah. like the lads with the ma- plaster scene on their face like <laughs> <laughs> full on doors and open <laughs> you know what though I uh, really like sci-fi and I have dated a lot of men who really like sci-fi a lot of men and it doesn't fucking matter None of it's worked out. It hasn't made Surprise, a difference. Surprisingly, sci-fi isn't the relationship melder that you would imagine. No, sci-fi is not the glue that holds a relationship together, so don't you worry. Oh my god. I wish I could get into it though. And then and like I know it's good, but I just can't get like what was the one that he's watched a couple of times? And everybody he talks to about it. Is like, it Stargate? My no, favourite? It's Battlestar Galactica. I haven't watched that, but I know I should because it's That's meant to be amazing to be series. The, the definitive and what annoys me is that there's loads of people that was, was in 24. That's I right never watched that. Oh, listen, it's incredible. I mean, it's shite, but it's incredible. <laughs> so did you ever watch Buffy? No. Is that even, you don't like that? Like No, one of my friends actually is a phenomenal Buffy fan. Like he's the biggest Buffy fan. He even, he joined like, he, he, he joined a... Um, I was uh, number uh, one in Ireland on Quiz Up <laughs> for Buffy the Vampire no Slayer for a while. A short while. He probably knows you then, because he uh, he joined even a Buffy the Vampire Slayer meetup group, and they would go for drinks. Like, I don't oh, like socialising, so no, I didn't that join is, that. No, no, and they bought him like a lovely present when he emigrated and stuff. Oh, cute! Whereas I was just like, no, <laughs> no, stop. I am definitely like a member of a few Buffy the Vampire Slayer discussion groups on Facebook. Oh, I think it's just but I'm not actually meeting up in real life. Enough. No, these, these these were like let's meet up and talk about an episode and. It's like, no, it's a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. I'd rather listen to somebody else discussing an episode from the comfort of my own home. Because yeah. I'm 65 years yeah, old. Yeah, and judge, and judge. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, no, yeah, they yeah. got it all wrong there. <laughs> yeah. Garo, thank you so much for taking oh the time God. to come and talk to me on How To Be Sound. Do you have anything you'd like to plug? Do you have anything you'd like oh. people to buy or support or download? Oh, God. Um, I'm not guaranteeing could, that they will. Podcasts, but. yeah, but they could, <laughs> none of your friends would like stuff. Like, they're they're, they're not, not even the here. Fuck them. <laughs> well, my podcast fascinated. Like, you don't have to listen to it. Just download it. So it That's what I always say to like, people. To I'm like, literally, my podcast is out. Download it. Download the episode. Just press play and then press pause and never listen to it. It doesn't yeah. matter. All I want to do is so that I can one day... Yeah, get, get the photograph, boy. the photograph, the screenshot of you being <laughs> in the top ten. <laughs> it's like you, blind boy. I don't think I, I don't think I'm ever going to be blind boy, oh, unless he takes an extended uh, vacation. I don't want to be blind boy. Oh, I do. I beg to. Oh, do you that. want to beat him? Beat him. Oh, sorry. I thought you wanted to be him. And I was oh like, no. no, 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 no. I want to beat him. Oh, okay. Not like violent. Well, <laughs> no, just in the charts. I know. I know. I should really. Uh, yeah, I should do a podcast like blind boy. 
I'm just going to go and go read Wikipedia. And, and vape. I just, oh, does he vape? He vapes all, well, now, I was going to say he vapes all the time. I've listened to possibly two episodes. And in those two episodes, he was vaping. And when I found it really irritating, I was like, just fucking vape oh, on your own time. No, 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 just a time, you know. How many, how, I've done way too many not podcast episodes where I've bitched about Blind Boy. So people can download your podcast, download Fascinated. Fascinated. Yes, it's on, it's on, it's wherever you get your pod loads. And also, I'm actually, I've got some dates left. Yes, go I on, need to pay on. my mortgage during the summer. Go on. Uh, I'm in Ballymun the Axis. Reach for the stars. Uh, the 10th of May. And I am in, uh, I'm in Cork and Waterford, 2nd and 3rd of May. So, okay. You, yeah. Well, you did them in the wrong order. Cork and Waterford, 2nd and 3rd, and then Ballymun on the 10th. Ballymun on the 10th. Yeah, I can't remember. I know okay. it's about eight gigs, but they're all on garodfairly.com. <laughs> okay. And I'll put a link to Garode's website and maybe to where you can buy the tickets in the show notes. Oh, um, so listen, that you can, you can this go is the strategy I've needed. <laughs> this is what you need. Link, link, link. Thank you so much for coming oh, on the show. Oh, my pleasure. And Thanks so much. Uh, I'll be following you and your and your cat exploits. I do. And I'm actually, I'm madly in love with your dog now. <laughs> well, you can, yeah, you can take her, take she her for a little is, trip. Yeah, she is. She's, she's really loving life at the moment. Thank you so much. My pleasure. And thank you guys for listening to How To Be Sound. I really appreciate it. I mean, look, I appreciate you listening to it, but I even appreciate it if you download it and don't listen at all, but then you won't hear this glorious message. So thank you guys. Thank you to everyone who supports me on Patreon. If you'd like to read more of my writing, that is where it is. Very confessional. My parents almost signed up the other day and then I had to tell them not to because I realised that the most recent piece I'd written was about losing my virginity. To which my mother said, I can't believe you've lost your virginity. I am 34 years old. Thank you very much to my producer, Liam Garrity, whose podcast, Meet Your Maker, you can listen to anywhere you listen to podcasts. The most recent episode, actually, I have to say, this wasn't planned, but I have to say this. The most recent episode was about a group of human beings in Ireland who basically cosplay the Gardaí. Let that sink in. You should listen to it. Meetyourmaker.ie. Thank you all for listening, and I will catch you next time. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 